Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk with you. On a Sunday afternoon, Monday morning, thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House on Universe. I'm sorry, on Highway 12. You can go to the walk-up window on University Drive, or you can always head over to Brupolo over there in Tupelo. Be kind of weird if Brupolo was in Noxipator. Brooks, Brooks to Pater, Knox Bruder. I don't know. Woody's just Woody's at that point. Yeah, I got you. But wherever you are in our great state or our great country, you can get Strange Brew Coffee House delivered right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machine sitting on your front counter, they've got you taken care of at Strange Brew Coffee House. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't get anywhere else. Because only College Corner has the biggest and best selection in central Mississippi of all MSU merchandise. Whatever you're looking for, be it for yourself, your home, your car, your tailgate, whatever it is, they've got you covered. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area, and they're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starbucks' newest and best Mexican restaurant. What a weekend this would have been to be out on the Humble Taco patio. Incredible weather, blue skies all on Saturday and Sunday. Grab a margarita, some chips and salsa, and some tacos that you just can't get anywhere else. Tacos that are unique to Starkville, just like Humble Taco is. So, if you're next time you're going to be up here, if you're going to be up here this weekend for baseball and you haven't already, make sure a trip to Humble Taco is on your list. Looking for lunch today? Might I suggest Firehouse Subs? And might I suggest downloading the Firehouse Subs app? Whatever you're looking for, they've got it. And they've got it, make it, they make it for you quick. And you pile up the reward points every time you order on the Firehouse Subs apps. They've got locations in Starville and Columbus, Oxford and Tupelo, Madison and Flowood. They got you taken care of at Firehouse Subs. Welcome back, Robbie Falk. Don't say it. Say nothing. I know what you're going to say. Say nothing. What was I going to say? You're going to come in here about how you got replaced on Thursday. Well, you know, we agreed that I was going to do that show. I don't remember anything past like five minutes ago. I am like a goldfish. Oh, you were you believe some things. You you have a selective memory, and this was one of your selective well, memories. I saved you. And a you day chose. Away. You chose that. We won't tell anyone. Johnny sock. I won't tell anyone if you don't. But you can just mark it down like you were on the show and get paid. I, if Will East isn't listening right now, it'll be fine. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay then. You know, if it cost us, you know, whatever it is you make a show nowadays, I don't care. I'm glad to have you back. Looked like you had a great time up there in uh, bourbon country. And now we're ready to talk some MSU sports. And we got a lot to talk about, obviously. The, the big story of the day, Mississippi State has its man, one of the, the worst kept secrets in recent memory. Uh, thanks a lot to Paul Jones, who was really on top of this search. Chris Jans is the new head coach 
of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, coming to the Bulldogs from New Mexico State, where he had just had a run of great success. This is the guy that it seems like State had targeted pretty early. Early, you know, the very early returns were for Matt McMahon, but as as the night progressed, if we were going to make it an election talk, uh, it was Chris Jans in a landslide, and State gets their guy. And honestly, when you look at the, the landscape in, in college basketball and the SEC, State's going to end up having one of the top hires of this cycle. Obviously, we'll see how it goes on the court, but on paper, and I feel like every John Cohen hire is looks good on paper, and we'll just have to see how it works. But on paper, this is an outstanding hire for Mississippi State. Uh, as Like you said, as far as this cycle is concerned, I don't know if they could do much better than this. And that, I mean, not, I'm not saying that this is a bad hire. I'm just saying I think John Cohen nailed it with the people available. I mean, you go get a, a guy that has been successful at every stop where he's been. Of course, had an incident a few years ago that I think really knocked him off track from becoming a Power 5 coach a lot sooner than yeah. when he did. And um, that's uh, perhaps that that's kept him from getting a few other jobs in the last few years. But to John Cohen's credit, I mean, we, we know all about John Cohen. We know what kind of guy he is, how meticulous he is, how many people he talks to in a coaching search to make sure he gets it right. And, and it, a lot of these hires are crapshoots. You don't know what's going to happen when this person gets here, but it just seems like this is – a really, really good hire for John Cohen. And, and you, you touched on it a little bit. He's had other hires that completely flopped that we all thought were really good hires. So it's just one of those things you have to wait and see how it goes. But I don't think he could have handled this search or the women's search any better than how he did. I, I think I he absolutely nailed it. I would never go to the casino with John Cohen. He just seems like he's, he's really unlucky. Feels like he does the work, puts in the research, like you said, and it, it just sometimes it hasn't panned out. I feel like Jans is going to pan out because it feels like he's the type of guy who has succeeded at these lesser jobs. He's a longtime JUCO coach, uh, and now at New Mexico State to win at, at the clip that he did. I mean, this isn't a guy who was slipping into the big dance and, you know, a four seed in his conference tournament that got lucky a couple times. He dominated that conference. Four WAC championships uh, was the automatic bid every year. Uh, would have been in the would have had four NCAA tournaments if the one hadn't got, gotten canceled um, at the end of the 2020 season. Just seems like he he he's, he fits the MSU sort of like that. I hate saying this kind of stuff, but like that grinder mentality. It seems like that's what Chris Jans is. If you got to watch his team play in the NCAA tournament, that's sort of what you saw—a very blue collar team that, that you know that played to their identity. I guess I would say. I'm excited about this hire. I think it's it, it's 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 interesting because you know I was excited about the Ben Hallen hire in 2015. How could you not be? The man had, you know, three Final Fours. It, it, it made a lot of sense. But I feel like this guy right now, State is is really catching a guy at his peak where he's ascending. You know, some mm -hmm. so many times State has to either take a chance on a hire in terms of an unknown, or they're catching a coach who's sort of on his way back down a little bit. This is a guy on the ascendancy. This is a guy who, if State didn't hire him, somebody else was definitely going to, and, and MSU got him in, in the fold. What does year one of Chris Jans look like, in your opinion? Kind of, I think, depends on what that roster looks like. And I think there's – that's still to be determined. What does Iverson Molinar do? 
what does Tolu Smith do? Um, you know, what, what are some of these other role players from Mississippi State do? Who does he bring in from the transfer portal? I feel like you're going to be able to keep this recruiting class intact, and I, I like the pieces in there. I think Kamani Hamilton is a really good player. Riley Kugel is a kid that I'm really excited about. And then you have Jaquan Walton in, in junior college. I don't think he's going anywhere. So if you keep those pieces together, if you somehow are able to convince Iverson Molinar to come back and Tolu Smith, and you have the bulk of this roster returning at a couple of pieces here and there from the transfer portal, I think you have a pretty good team. State's going to have to find some shooters. they got to have some guys that can come in because in this New Mexico State offense, they're going to shoot the basketball. They're going to shoot it a lot more than what Mississippi State did. Um, and I think the, the three-point percentage was maybe a little lower. I, 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 don't, I don't want to speak in absolutes on that, but I would, I'll, I'll take shooting a lower percentage and a higher percentage, a higher number of shots from three-point range. Um, you're going to hit at a higher percentage as far as makes. So I, I think the state's going to have to go out there and try to find some shooters maybe in the transfer portal, a guy that can, can really light it up, maybe somebody that that's kind of their role is to come in there and be a knockdown three-point shooter because I just don't think there are a lot on this current roster. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, like I said, a, a lot of it depends on who is on this roster next year. But, I mean, I – this guy gets to the NCAA tournament. I, I, I can't really say that you shouldn't expect something like that. And all indications are this is a guy that, when it comes to the transfer portal, he knows how to work it. He knows how to, who, who to go after. I, obviously, a lot of MSU fans on message boards are already crying out for some of his players from New Mexico State to make the jump with them, specifically Teddy Allen, who had such a, a tremendous game against UConn uh, on, I guess that was Thursday. So we'll see how that all pans out. Obviously, you said recruiting. The biggest recruiting job is what you mentioned, Iverson Molinar and Tolu Smith. If you, keep, I'll just say it. If you keep those two guys in place with everything else you have, I mean, you should have been a tournament team this year. You should have been. There's, there's no reason for me to think you can't be a tournament team next year if Molinar and Tolu Smith remain. I think the biggest recruiting job after that, and it be it in the portal or whatever you want to do, is you have to find an actual, real, legitimate, not a two-guard playing the one, a real point guard. You've got to have a guy who is a distributor, a guy who understands how to run the offense. That's what you need. Move Molinar to the two. That's deadly, in my opinion. That's what you want to have happen out of the situation. I'm sure Chris Jans doesn't need me to tell him these things. Yeah, but, they, they, they've been searching for that true point guard for, since Lamar for a while now. Yeah, yeah since, I mean, it just – and that's been a big – that's been a big – part of things that Mississippi State just has not had. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But um, that, that's, that's one of the pieces. How, how about this, uh, Brian? That This is going to make you um, excited. Okay. If I told you this was the headline, where would you say this is from? Okay. Chris Jan's perfect fit for Mississippi State basketball looks like Ted Cruz doppelganger. Oh, I just saw it. What are they doing, man? The Clarion Ledger is just a train wreck. Just an absolute train wreck. Guys, and I feel bad for whoever the new writer is coming in because I'm sure I'll be friends with them, but whatever. Just give up, guys. Give up on the Clarion Ledger. Unfollow. Don't pay attention. Let's move on with our lives. <laughs> I, I mean, promise how, how... you, you get better coverage listening to me on the radio and reading Rod, Robbie Falk's writings than you will get from the Clarion Ledger 
ever, ever. Oh, I promise. Uh, have they just turned? I mean, is this just like a, it's a heel turn? It, is this just like a Saturday Down South thing? Like, what? Like, are they trying to to go in another direction? Like, try to get the page views and not necessarily be like a, you know, something that that you would that you would consider journalistic? Because I I don't know what that has to do with anything. It's 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 rough, man. It's really rough. Ugh. But regardless, so uh, you 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 hit on it for just a, a brief second. And we'll talk about it here. The the off the court incident uh, that happened to Jans back in 2011 when he was the head coach at Bowling Green uh, inappropriately put his hands on a woman, uh, not in a violent way, in a, a suggestive way, I guess we'll just say. Uh, lost his job, and you mentioned it sort of knocked him off the course of where he was about to be. Uh, I've already seen some Ole Miss fans trolling about it on Twitter, and that's going to be a thing. If, if uh, I, uh, 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 that shouldn't be a thing. No, no, it's going to be it's going we, to be a thing for them. It's not going to be a. But thing. it shouldn't be a thing for them because they were perfectly fine with the Andy Kennedy situation. Oh, you know, they didn't I, even I fire him. They let him coach there for another what eight years. Would anybody have really cared about the Hugh Freeze thing there if it hadn't have been on the university bill or what phone bill or whatever? I mean. I, I, there's a lot of people that are going to try to be the beacon of morality here that would not have cared not about the stuff had it happened there. You're not wrong. I went back, you know, you, if you go back and watch Jans's opening press conference in New Mexico State, he addresses that issue and is very forthright about it. I wonder if the same will be here or if it's far enough in the past that he won't mention it uh, unless it gets brought up by, by somebody at the press conference. Um, I was also watching that press conference last night mm-hmm. and. Uh, the athletic director, I think, brought up how <clears throat> he vetted Chris Jans and talked to everyone, which at the time he was vetting people at, at Wichita State, which, you know, Greg Marshall, that kind of – now we're starting to see maybe that wasn't the best group to talk to, but mm-hmm. uh, that's neither here nor there. But they did. They kind of did the same thing. They had to go through that process of making sure that, um, you know, everything was good to go with Chris Jans. And, I mean – the guy served his time. I mean, it, it was it was incredibly over the line and uh, unfortunate, but he lost his job, and there hasn't been any other instances since then. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't see any reason not to trust that this guy has moved past that and he can be a good coach for you here. I agree 100. percent Like I said, it's something that's going to be, you know, in the early days of this hire, we're going to have to hear about, and then beyond that, it'll just it'll just move on from itself as as the news cycle is wont to do. So the Chris Jans era begins here at Mississippi State. Uh, no word yet officially on when he will be introduced uh, to the media, to the public, uh, so on and so forth. Obviously, they haven't introduced Sam Purcell uh, to the public yet either. Uh, so I assume all of those two things will all of those things are going to happen. Uh, in the coming weeks or so, perhaps, you know, something around Super Bulldog weekend might, might, might be planned. I don't know the answer to that, um, but we'll find out a, as we go. But a good hire for Mississippi State, a good hire for John Cohen, um, who, look, I'm, I'm critical of Cohen from, uh, uh, when, I, when I feel like I need to be. And, you know, he, there's no question he missed on Moorhead. There's no question he missed on Penson. The, ju- the jury's still out on, uh, on Leach, obviously. But on paper, like you said, these hires, this cycle of needing a women's and a men's basketball coach, it feels like he did a really good job 
filling the void with the the top kind of candidate that Mississippi State would be able to get. A top-tier assistant from an elite program for the women's team, that's about as good as you could have hoped for. And then a winning group of five coach on his way up the coaching ranks, that's about as good as you could have hoped for. I know there are a lot of John Cohen haters out there. There just are. But I do think that in this instance, you have to give him a lot of credit. He did about as good a job as anybody could have possibly wanted. Absolutely. And I think this says a lot about how Mississippi State's job is, is viewed at this point. I think, you, I think you need to give credit to Ben Howland for kind of keeping this ship steady after he had brought Mississippi State back from being one of the worst programs in the SEC. You know, uh, that this team did not perform to the expectations of Mississippi State fans, but they have expectations now. You didn't have a whole lot of expectations when Ben Howland was hired. That team was at the bottom of the barrel. This team has been middle of the pack, um, around the middle of the pack, and even a couple of years at the top of the pack in the SEC and as, as a top four seed in the SEC. So I, I think you give a lot of credit to Ben Howland, but also, you know, John Cohen was able to sell this. You know, Mississippi State was going head-to-head with Kansas State with Chris Jans and a few other schools. Kansas State is a solid program um, in the Big 12, and they kind of just bowed out of this. Mississippi State just straight up beat them out of this. And um, I think that's – that. also they were willing to spend some money on Chris Jans. I haven't seen his contract, but I, I think he's going to get a substantial pay raise from what he was getting at, at New Mexico State. So shows the commitment that, that this administration is making towards men's basketball to make it a priority at Mississippi State again. And I think that's that's a, a big deal. You know, that video they showed earlier today with the 1996 team, the 02 team, the 04 team, it brings about so many great memories from Mississippi State and that run from, you know, really from 1990 to, you know, into the 2000s, they had some really great teams come through at Mississippi State. SEC championships, SEC tournament championships, uh, a couple of Sweet 16s and a Final Four Basketball is a big deal at Mississippi State when this team and this program is is playing at its best. And I think there's a lot of fans out there that are clamoring to get back to that. There's a lot of great memories from those teams. You and I grew up watching some great programs at Mississippi State. Um, and I, I think it feels like this could be the start of getting back to what Mississippi State basketball was all about in those great seasons. I agree. I agree, and like I said, this is this is a first step. I'm um, very interested to see uh, what Chris Jans brings to this program because it ju- it just feels like a good fit. And about, I won't lie to you; I said the same thing about Joe Moorhead. I was wrong, but on the surface, it feels like this is a good fit for Mississippi State. And uh, I think you have a reason to be excited as as a Bulldog fan. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Hopefully, you got a chance to cook out this weekend. And if you did, I hope you put some steaks on the grill, some burgers, maybe even a brisket or a tri-tip out there on the smoker. You just can't go wrong with beef. So many great options to choose from, all of them delicious. And, of course, every time you buy beef, you're helping out 15,000 of your fellow Mississippians who are our beef producers here in this state. So if you need to look for more information, if you need some recipes, whatever it is, you can get that information at msbeef.org. That's the website. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Boy, this would be a fantastic day to be out on their patio. What a great place to go. And, of course, the food, you just cannot beat it. It's just always good every time you go. The smoked wings, the tacos, the nachos, 
the burgers. It's just there's just not a miss on that menu. Whatever it is, whatever you're in the mood for, they've got you covered. It's not just barbecue. It's smoked Southern Soul Food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Brian, simple, yes, I have a million dollar idea. I'm listening. We're going to get into this here shortly, but um, I've been waiting to throw up that my new haircut Jaeger bomb video. Yeah, for, for uh, R.J. Jaeger for like three weeks, and finally was able to pour it out like four times this week. Here's my idea for two brothers. Every home run from R.J. Jaeger gets you a day of the week where you get half off Jaeger bombs at two brothers. Well, they I should. Mean, go- I don't know if do. I don't know if you or I would want to do that, but there's a lot of people out there that would that would take that up. Well, they should I mean, Jaeger bombs are going to be they're going to be rolling the day yeah, of the day day of that that night or whatever. As soon as and he hits it, the rest of the day Jaeger bombs are half off. I mean, it's six. It's like six dollars for Jaeger bomb. Knock that sucker down to three. You'd be selling. I mean, it's kaching. So let me Lee tell Battle, you, Lee Battle could be. I mean, hitting those left and right to yeah. everybody and two brothers. So let me tell you a story along those lines. There was a, a game where uh, Rosie Baby ran a promotion that you got a free draft beer for every three Mississippi State hit in a basketball game. And I'll never forget it. State hit, I think, 12 in the first half. Oh. And everybody was having a good time at Rosie Baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be careful with those kind of promotions. I was uh, I was always I was always excited about Abner's having that every time State scored seventy five points you free get chicken. like free chicken yeah that yeah. was great those are good times That's probably right. why they went out of business might have been might have been you know back it's really it. got to get back to advantage business systems here really easy to 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 get it, keep them going when you're, you're talking about advantage business systems great products great service I know that's a promise everybody makes but nobody makes it the same way that advantage business system does nobody has the selection of products that they do in terms of everything your business needs, copiers and printers, uh, information and mailing systems, computers, software, whatever it is. And I promise you, the big box stores, they cannot compete with Advantage Business Systems on the service front. No 1-800 number, no international call center, no seven to 10 days before we can get out there. No, 601-362-9192. Talk to a real person here in the state of Mississippi, and we'll be there today or tomorrow because we know how important it is for your business to be up and running. Call them today and put them to work for you. 601-362-9192 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. So close in baseball. I said something today that I never thought I would say, and my some of my friends were calling me out for it, but State should have won this series. And even as poorly as they pitched on Saturday, pitching's not the reason they lost, in my opinion. They lost because of, of some the defensive lapses. Even with all the walks, they still could have won that game had they just been cleaner defensively. State drops two out of three, an embarrassing loss on Friday. They just were not themselves out there. 11 nothing's the final score in a game where I thought Preston Johnson gave them a decent start, but State just let the ball game get away from them in the late innings. That's probably going to be a theme sometimes this year. Saturday, a back-and-forth game. State ties it up in the top of the ninth. Georgia walks them off in the bottom of the ninth. But again, I think state, I think there were four or five unearned runs in that game. They didn't even, they couldn't call Cumbus's play an error where he just completely misjudged a fly ball that allowed the, the bases to clear state drops that game 12 to 11. They come back with a vengeance on, on freaking Sunday and win 20 to three quick question. 
State plays Georgia in football in November. Do they score 20 points? Mm, no. So, yeah, that's what we're talking about. R.J. Yeager they, looks like they – outscored, They outscored Georgia on the weekend, right? 11 and 12 is 24. Yes. They scored yes. 30, run, 30, yeah. 30 runs in two games. Georgia scored 25. Yeah. Well, what's funny about that is, yeah, you said in two games. They got shut out in one game and still outscored them, but this, such that's is unreal. the nature of the beast. Um, but I thought, you know, if you after Saturday, there was a lot of reason to be upset and disappointed and worry. I thought Sunday allayed some of those fears. I think you look at Sunday, you're like, okay, they're going to be okay. They just had a really bad game on Saturday in terms of defense. If they if they make they make if they feel the ball cleanly, they probably win that game relatively easily. So Friday is you know you got beat. No, there's no question about that, but. I felt okay about this series. You and I talked about winning the series on 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 Friday. On, on, I'm sorry, you and I did not talk about that. Again, I apologize. Me and John Sokoloff talked about that, and but we, you you and I talked about it the weekend, the week before, about trying to get this series. And obviously, it would have been nice to do that. But what do we always talk about? Don't get don't get swept on the road. Don't lose the series at home. Well, State didn't get swept on the road, so they're one and two. They come home to play Alabama this week, a series they should be able to win. I think long-term they're okay there. But you saw some things this weekend that, that make you worry a little bit. Stanette not having control, that's a worry. State's defense, which had been so good all year long, to not be as good as it, as it needed to be this weekend, that's a, that's a concern. But then you saw some positives. R.J. Yeager looks like he's finally starting to settle in. Hunter Hines and Kellum Clark are big masters in the middle of that order. Brad Cumbus had a good weekend. Cam James had a decent weekend. Luke Hancock, eh, he's still got he's still trying to figure some things out for whatever reason. But for for when you for, if you look at the, the weekend as a whole, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It wasn't a disaster. Obviously, it wasn't a success. It's just somewhere in the middle for me. Yeah, and anytime you win on Sunday, you feel better about the weekend. Whether it's a sweep, winning the series salvaging a game. It just seems like Sunday is like the key. Um, you you want to win that Sunday game because it's the last game of the series. It gets you going into the next week. So, I mean, there's no question State had to win that game. Um, it's just, you know, this feels like the two-lane series. You know, State's offense was really good in, in, in two of those ball games, and the bullpen let them down. Um really both times, but Friday night, I just kind of chalk up as that, that guy was just absolutely shoving it. He's, he's going to end up being, I, I would, I would consider him probably one of the top Friday night pitchers in the league, especially yeah. with the injuries that have happened. Yeah. Um, he was phenomenal. And that's I, the worst States played since that Ole Miss game last year, the Nikhazy game. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't really blame the offense as much because I, I just thought that I want to just give credit to that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't really matter, you know, what the the um, defense or or pitching did in that game. They weren't going to score. But the way that that, you know, Mikey Tepper coming in there can't throw strikes. Um, you know, that Cole Cheatham, I think, was the guy that came in. He got lit up. I mean, you just – Mikey Tepper is one of your most talented arms, and you're just not getting it from him. He's got almost a 10 earned run average. Yeah. In seven games, six and a third innings, eight runs, uh, seven hits, walks seven guys in six and a third. Uh, they just can't get it 
uh, with him. Uh, I thought Jackson Fristo was really good on Sunday. It was a big lead, and that was, I thought, the perfect time to bring him in and let him get yesterday's bad taste out, which you can't really blame him for yesterday. Came in with the bases loaded or whatever it was, but he comes in and strikes out the side. That was huge for him. Um, but, yeah, that Saturday, I mean, Parker Sinet walking the park uh, didn't pitch very well. The defense was terrible. Defense wasn't very good on Friday, but you saw on Sunday what happens when you pitch it well and when you defend well. Yeah. Um, and then the Obviously offense was really locked in. But the offense, the last two days, the offense really battled yeah. at the plate. And I thought that was huge. You know, Cam James is up to 324 batting now. Brad Cumbus had some absolute blasts in that game. Uh, R.J. Yeager's getting going four home runs in four games or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So you're starting to see this lineup really come together. And Luke Hancock and Logan Tanner aren't, aren't really seeing the ball as well right now, and you're still putting up some, some big runs. You're going to need that. This offense is going to need to be incredible for Mississippi State to make a run down the stretch. And right now you put yourself in a hole. You're three games above 500. You lost that first SEC series. So this, this offense is going to have to be great. The starting rotation is going to have to go six or seven innings every game um, and just figure it out. This is going to be a game-by-game -game thing for Mississippi State this year. State, what, three, uh, three games out of four this week in double digits and runs? I mean, that's about – I mean, that's really all you can hope for. It, it's really weird on Saturday's game. I could take one of two things. If State doesn't walk as many, they win. If they don't play – if they play better defense, they win. They could have done both and, and won easily. So, I, I just feel – I mean, if I was going to grade the weekends, it's C-minus probably. But it was, it was teetering towards F when we woke up on Sunday morning. So, the way they were able to bounce back, I, I like that. I like seeing you know, a team that, you know – they got crushed on Friday, and they got their hearts broken on Saturday. That's prime giving up territory. That's prime, look, just wash it, and let's get back to Starkville and see what, what happens. They did a good job. Not only did they come back, but they came back and made a statement like, look, we're okay. We're going we're gonna to be here for this. Um, you're seeing production, like you sort of mentioned there, from up and down the order. Jess Davis has been a big key, I think. I think bringing him into the lineup, you know, has allowed State to solidify that center field position. He's getting on base. Defensively, you know he's very good. I'm interested to see what happens this week. Um, I think Chris Lamonis on the postgame show meant, said something about he hates how all these games are getting moved around. State has a Tuesday game with, the, with Southern University. That's probably not going to get played. We're supposed to have awful, awful weather on Tuesday uh, across the state. So we'll see what happens there, but we'll see. Uh, state, this, this series against Alabama is going to be a key series for Mississippi State, especially when you take into account, you know, Brad Bohannon's comments about Starkville and, and MSU baseball uh, earlier this year, or I guess last year. Um, you know, there's going to be a little, little personal edge to this, but State needs these wins. State could really use a sweep, you know, and, and Alabama's a team that they've, they've sort of been able to, you know, obviously they've had a, a, an advantage over over the past, you know, six, seven years, more or less. They need they need to get they need to find make sure they win the series, but a sweep would go a long, long way for Mississippi State, especially heading next week to Fayetteville, where you haven't won in two years and you haven't beaten them uh, at all uh, in two years. So we'll see what happens. Big big win on Sunday. I I think we, there's a there's a possibility. I'm not I'm not saying for sure. There's a possibility that, that we could look back at, at some point and, and say that Sunday win was big for Mississippi State. It got them going. Yeah, 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 and you know we'll see how this week goes. I think 
this is a very important week for Mississippi State. They need to come out and play really well against Alabama. That's that Alabama team's not very good, um, and they they've played some good teams tough, but that's a team that that you should at least win the uh, win the series against. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as we speak, you know they're tied with with Florida, which is a really good team. Trying to avoid a sweep there, but you know, state state's got to make state's got to start racking up some wins, man. Um, that this schedule is going to be brutal, and they're going to have to go on the road and play some really good teams. You know, A and M is starting to come together. That that's a team that's potentially going to sweep LSU. Yeah, that's the right, right right now they got a chance. So that team is a team that I thought is going to be better, um, and they're starting to to show that potential. So, you know that that's a that's a series that earlier in the year you you felt really good about, but now who knows about that? And then the rest of the the crew that you're going to go up against, I mean, this is going to be tough. So state's going to take every series win, every conference win that they that they can uh, to to try to build a, a postseason resume. Right now, resume is not. Great, but this is a long schedule, and we'll see what happens. One last thing, I will say this: the last time I was really down on MSU baseball was 2018. I was not alone. All right, I remember the conversations in the press box, which was just a trailer back then. Yes. And you know, we were all like, "Man, we we may not even have to go to Hoover for this team." We all know how it turned around. I guess my question will be this: it turned around because Jake Mangum and and that core group sort of drugged them. To the to a a a a college world series appearance, Are, is the leadership there on this team to to rally and, and get this team going within the direction it needs to go? I think so. Especially, I mean, the positional players. I, you know, we're starting to see that that crew is starting to kind of carry the team on its back. I mean, yesterday after they gave up four runs or whatever it was when they lost the lead uh, in the middle innings of that game came right back and tied it up or whatever. Uh, every time Georgia would get a lead or, or tied up, State found a way to push through, get a big home run or whatever. So, I, you know, I, I think that that group has the potential to really kind of carry this team. It's just going to be the pitching for me. It, is, is State going to be capable of putting it together on the mound? Can they get guys that can come in there in a tough situation and get out? Because right now we just don't see enough that can do that. I mean, yesterday when the first couple of guys got on base in that ninth inning, I mean, you just had no faith that you were going to get out of that. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's just you don't have a whole lot of um, guys out there that that you feel good about in the mound. I think that's what they're searching for right now. They need Jackson Fristo to step up. Yeah. They need Mikey Tepper to 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 find it. Those guys have really got to get it together. You know what's funny is you watch how Tepper pitches, and he had, he's not pitching well. Fristo obviously had the good he had the the good outing there on Sunday, but you know wasn't great on Saturday. And these guys keep they keep putting them out there despite the fact that they really haven't done anything this year. What is Andrew Walling, man? His bullpens must just be awful that they don't I, trust I've him got, to pull a pitch. I have to believe that he's hurt. It's got to be right. It, there's no, there's no way around it. I mean, they put Lane Forsythe out there. I know Lane is he showed some really good stuff, but he has never pitched, and they put him out there um, against Binghamton in the middle of the week in like a tie game or whatever it was. 
I mean, there's no way that you can convince me that they just don't trust Andrew Wong and that's it. Because there's been guys that have shown far worse than what what Andrew Walling has shown, and they've been going out there in the ninth inning. You yeah. Know? So I, you know, I can't. I got to believe that he's hurt. Speaking of, of injuries, do we think we'll see Casey Hunt anytime soon? I mean, the dude was dancing in the dugout. Yeah. On Sunday, I mean, you got to think he's close. Hopefully, you can get him back. That, that would be a, be a huge guy, piece. If he if he can get it together and is pounding strikes, that's a guy that could really help change your fortunes here. I agree. I mean, real in baseball, if you can get one dude that is really good added to a rotation, added to the bullpen, that can win you a lot of games. Agree. I mean, that's. I mean, you can't ride just one dude out of the bullpen, but one dude can change a lot of things for a team. And I think he's one that has that potential. All right. One last thing before we go. Good weekend for MSU softball. They get the sweep over Ole Miss. It's a team that started 0-13 in the conference a season ago. Now they're 4-2 and uh, with a sweep and a win at, what, number three, number four, Florida on the road. That's a pretty good start for them. And Ole Miss swept them a season ago. Good start for Samantha Ricketts' team uh, in conference play. They look, they look pretty good this week. I mean, they, they had a lead on Friday. They gave up that lead, but then came back to win it and then just dominated the Saturday-Sunday games, including, what, a six-and-a-third inning no-hitter uh, for uh, – oh, gosh, what, I forgot her name. I know you know it. Kinley Hawk. Yeah. Played, played she, really well she, pitched, she pitched really well against Florida. I mean, she competes. Yeah. She really competes. And that, all the pitching staff has really impressed me this year. And, uh, you know, now they're starting to get it together offensively. We'll see what this team can do. I mean, they, they did not have an impressive non-conference. Um, they lost to a couple bad teams. They, they, got, they got beat pretty badly against, you know, really good teams. So it was kind of tough to imagine what they were going to be able to do. But I think they're starting to kind of catch their stride here a little bit. And we'll, we'll see what happens. I agree. I agree. We'll see what happens. All right. The guy, the guy that, that wrote the uh, headline for the Clarion-Ledger is from the Tennessean. I mean, here's the thing. like you, you have people from other places within the USA Today network that are posting under that Clarion-Ledger banner, yeah. and that does nothing to help your image. No. When you have these national people writing things and, and they're making those headlines, they're able to post through your uh, yep. Twitter or whatever. I mean, that does nothing to help your image with this state. I mean, and it just – that's a, that's a story for another day. We'll just leave it at that. All right. Tomorrow's show, uh, we got two positional breakdowns to do to catch up. We'll do, we're going to do both sides of the line, offensive and defensive line. If we have any more uh, updates on Chris Jans, we'll talk about that. We'll talk some baseball stuff. Obviously, new polls will come out. Uh, SEC, I think R.J. Yeager has a legit chance to be SEC Player of the Week. We'll see if that happens, even with a one-and-two uh, conference record. But we'll see. Lots to talk about. We'll get to it tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.